Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Centurion Leadership Battalion podcast, your source of accountability, inspiration, and motivation to become your best and reach your fullest potential every day. Our motto, it's simple, to use our determination to crush our everyday leadership tasks so that we dominate in our delivery of services and products to our clients and achieve victory and personal growth, profitability, and creating environments for those around us to prosper. Let's get this show started. Welcome back to our Centurion Leadership Battalion podcast, question and answer style. We are back with Justin again today. Last episode, we talked about ownership and all the different things that go into that. And today we're going to talk specifically about ownership in the workplace. Even if you don't own a company, don't own a brand, how you can still find ways to take ownership in your life. So thank you, Justin, for being back with us. And we're really excited to dig into this. Thanks, Elena. And uh, Elena, thanks. Uh, And if anyone knows, I've delayed Elena like three or four times now on this recording of the podcast. Oh, that's okay. (laughs) But I think it goes along sort of with the topic, ironically, um, in that taking ownership in the workplace. So I think that um, when we take ownership, it means taking leadership or taking um, ownership over my job description, number one. I think that that's important. Like this is what the job's been given to me. I take ownership that, I mean, and I think that's the bare minimum um, when you come into a workplace is this is what my job description is. Like if I'm going to do whatever or I'm going to lead, I think it's the bare minimum. I think a job description is probably achieving mediocrity. I mean, you can live up to that level and grow into your job, but I think if you're ultimately, um, trying to take ownership in your workplace, um, it's acting like an owner in some ways. Um, but it's also taking ownership of the things that you're responsible for that can help the company. Like, okay, this is my job description. This is my hole or my burrow or my little cubicle. But what is it that my job does for the greater good or how can I help the greater good or how can I get involved more? I think that's a lot about taking ownership. I think it's about creating camaraderie, you know, even all the way down, no matter what position you are, I think, um, for example, in our Roanoke facility at Food Service Partners, we have a gentleman that for years rallied the team around. Um, he was an inventory um, manager, and he would rally everyone around playing basketball um, as a company and playing softball as a company. Those things are also leading. That same gentleman also took very much ownership over the inventory and the numbers still does to this day, um, has worked with us since Roanoke's been open. But he takes ownership and, and has grown in the company and led, even though his position hasn't changed, but we as a company have changed, the inventory has changed, and thus he has been able to grow within his position. But he's also been able to lead the company in other ways. Um, so there's things like that, and obviously he's rewarded for those as well. And I don't think enough companies look at that when people are taking ownership and rewarding that behavior. I think that's why loyalty to a company just seems so far fled. Um, We've made it so much about a paycheck, but we've also made it so much about a paycheck as employees or whatever, because we don't take ownership, you know, and there's different ways to do it. I think that 
companies can give ownership in business by, you know, the obvious way, which is obviously shares. I think a lot of companies give stock options and stuff like that. I think there's also ownership of a process or creatively or ownership in feeling that they're a part of the profitability and then that profitability shared. And then I think there's also the ownership of um, the, your contributions worth it um, and that you're heard throughout the day. Um, but I think that that takes ownership and management that takes ownership in every level to hear what people around you are saying to help them improve, to not only improve your own job function, but to help other people improve theirs. In soccer, you would call it a hospital pass. Like if I'm gonna pass someone the ball, I wanna make them good looking. I wanna make them look good receiving the ball, right? Just as good as me passing it. So for me to look good passing it, I also, he also has to look good receiving it. So I need to keep it smooth on the ground, you know, probably in front of him. So he's running into the stride of it. I need to base it off his speed. You know, it's calculated. And so it's the same thing we're talking about here is I need to take ownership of how I pass things on, how I receive things, if I'm receiving the ball in this example. Um, and I need to take ownership of, of what my part really is um, in the process. And then I would say to take it to the next level is volunteer. Like I said, that's really ownership in business. How do you take the business forward? You build culture. You help the business build culture and core values and stick up for the core values and do sports teams or um, happy hours or whatever it is. Um, you know, there's different things people do um, to do camaraderie. Uh, <clears throat> obviously, I'm sports minded and athletics so the sports side comes more to mind but there are obviously we do things in the company we have um weekend events we that the employees get involved in and in planning and, and doing together and bike rides and um you know those are things where they're taking ownership and trying to build camaraderie because they believe in the message they believe in what we're doing and trying to build a healthier better world and, and put healthier food into hospitals and grocery stores and into consumers directly's hands and so that you know you got to give them something to believe in also so i think ownership in a business has to come from the owners or the leaders you need to give people something to own you can't just be a tyrannical leader because then they don't own anything and they're not responsible for everything because the buck always stops with you i think you need to really think about encouraging everyone to lead and what that looks like and and what decisions you know everyone's doing or recommendations they can make to you so they start earning abilities to make their own decisions so it's allowing in the business people to take ownership and then it's the people's willingness to take ownership but somewhere in between there has to be a safe environment to do both. <clears throat> so that's the big question, right? In business is how do you create an environment where people, for lack of a better term, own their shit and the business, for lack of a better term, is more transparent and owns its shit. And so that would be where ownership has to take place. It has to take place on all sides of it. Ownership, what are we doing for the community? We need to own, we're a part of it. We need to own that we contribute to the tax basis. We need to own that prospering and growing or providing whatever it is that we do helps the communities around us grow and we have an influence on that. How we buy our products, who we buy them from, what are our sources, vendors, like that's ownership. We're making those decisions, we're making it. And at the end of the day, we make a ton of those decisions just based off of money, not based on doing the right thing. 
So, I mean, that's part of ownership, right? Is what owning it is, is am I making the right decision holistically, not just for money? You know, we've seen companies do that in food, peanut allergies explode all over schools and, and people end up in jail because they knew there was an allergen and salmonella I can't, or listeria, I think it was, listeria in it. And they still send it out anyway, knowing there might be a risk, you know? So these are things, you know, we got to take ownership of our decision. We can't hide behind the business. We can't hide behind our managers or our employees or whatever we're talking about, team members. We have to take ownership in, in the stuff we do in our businesses for the business to survive. And guess what? Um, when the business does well, we do well. Um, I don't know. What are your thoughts, Elena, on the topic? I think all of that makes makes great sense. And I think it's very helpful to find ways, like you said, that you can help those in your organization to take ownership. And you did share a few ideas of, you know, creating opportunities for the employees to feel more involved or more part of the team. So I know you mentioned happy hours and you mentioned a couple other ideas, but is there anything that you actively do in your organization as a leader or that you have done in the past, uh, even if it's not current, that you think that those people who are in leadership positions and businesses and brands and companies could, could begin to do besides happy hours, things like that, anything creative, um, that may help others feel a part, which may encourage them to take more ownership. That's a good question. Um, wow. I mean, there's different ways. It obviously, it depends on the level of scale of your business. Are you, you know, startup? Are you a sole proprietor? Are you um, middle and large business? So I think there's different levels, but I'll talk about those. <clears throat> I think for a small business, the best thing you can do is um, you're in a neighborhood, you're in a community, you owe it to the people around you and your business, even if you're not growing or even if whatever, or maybe you find a business partner this way, a younger person. But I think that you have to really invest in the people that are going to work through your business. If you're sort of that sole proprietor, or, you, know, a, you know, you have a small business or a restaurant, um, or a small few restaurants. It's really about that family and investing in your community on a local level and giving ownership and people feel they have ownership and, and input into menus. If it's in food, I'm going to use food because it's the one I it easiest and you guys can translate this into any business. It's, it's pretty translatable, you know, whether it's a bank or whatever, you just have to really, a community bank, for example, it's, you just have to build the relationships, right? When you're on that level, it's more about the relationship and ownership. It's about building those relationships like um, we talk about in the core values, um, build lasting relationships. And then it's about developing the talent because if you find the right people and they're wanting to grow, they're gonna really take ownership of your business if you're investing in your growth and you're rewarding them along the way. Um, in any business, I think we've come so used to having to have such structure to, okay, let me go back. I think on one hand in all businesses, we lack financial structure and people don't understand bonus structures always and all that, no matter how much we write them out and they get complicated. I think that that could be a lot easier um, for people to take ownership. What is it that they're part in that and how do they actually contribute to that bonus? Um, if it were spelled out more and maybe even educated, um, we try to do that in our business. Um, it, it's getting better. 
um, as we sort of get more transparent. Um, and I say that as something we learned over time. And mind you, we're 23 years old. Uh, we started, you know, with one facility. Uh, at, well, actually, we started out of a basement at my parents' basement. And then we grew into one facility in California. And then from there, you know, here we are. But it still was hard knocks. And the hardest knocks is you need to have transparency in your business, no matter how big or small you are. You need to give people purpose and ownership in their business, in the business. They need to have a feeling that they contribute and that it matters and that they're heard. It is the world we live in and that, yes, hierarchy and everything is important for structure and, and the ability to grow and understand it. And there should be little crumbles along the way financially for people to jump in their positions that are understood. Um, where ownership is both related to core value, or sorry, where those little bumps are related to core values, taking ownership in the business, and obviously the growth and profitability of the business. So I think there's a lot of ways we do it. I think it's hard when we're smaller owners, we don't see it because we're trying to make sure we cover our own family and all that. We're not, we don't invest as much. Um, but I think that's where um, ownership is that it has to start from the owner will owner's willingness to pass down knowledge and give it to him, you know, always be a student, be a lifetime student, always be a lifetime teacher is that I'm willingness to pass this down, not in a critical way and a non-critical way to someone so they can learn, but I have to be willing to give up the ownership myself in order for it to be owned by someone else. And again, it's non-tangible, right? It could be like, you're responsible for opening the business every day from now on, right? Something like that. But those are earned things and those are gently crumbles along the way where trust is earned and, and earnings are actually earned and not just given. And I think that's a way to do it in a business to get ownership. Um, so that's how we do it in food service partners. That's the model. Like we're really starting to explore in Georgia um, fully in terms of the way we do lean manufacturing and we sort of onboard clients and we grow and looking more at, you know, smaller increments for financial gain for the employees and sharing that financial markers with core values and something, you know, we've been working on it for years, but it's something we've been able to put in place in Georgia because it's our newest facility and then start to look at it as we go into the other facilities. But it's hard because getting people takes ownership, takes trust. And so if you're building a new business like we are in Georgia, it's like a startup all over again. Every time we open a new facility, you're having to build trust every time. And that trust is always different in the community you're in. So you have to know the people that you're working with. You have to know your clients. You have to know your sources. And you really have to know your employees because vendors can take owner and ownership in your business because they want you to do well. Your clients can help take ownership in your business. And I'm not talking financial or tangible, talking non-tangible, like I want this business to do well because my business relies on them. And so that's the whole thing. How do you create that camaraderie? You do parties and you invite vendors and, or you do events. And yes, people are like, oh, don't waste the money. If you have the money to spend, it's worth treating people nicely and use a budget. You can do things like rent a bowling alley for two hours and invite everyone. Things like that, pretty simple. I think it's probably about 400 bucks. Get two lanes, whatever. Maybe more people, 
but it's something to do. And when there's more than a reward and money has become so, while it's a tangible thing that passes through to buy tangible things, it's become non-tangible that we never see it. Electronically, we don't touch it anymore. And so people also need a little bit more of the touchy-feely, especially now during COVID. I'm not saying don't mask up or whatever you believe. But what I am saying is have the comfortability, make it safe for everyone, make sure, you know, you're, you're sticking to your core values when you're looking at it. Um, you don't want to all of a sudden do an event that's just so off course it doesn't stick to the core values of your business or your business model. Um, so, you know, ownership, I think, one, it's assigning tasks and trusting people's input. And then, you know, giving feedback positively and asking them to relook at it in ways that help. I think that helps take ownership and then letting them lead. You know, we rotate leaders in our meetings at Futures Partners once, you know, I'm going to use me. I'm, you know, I've had various ways that have been taught to me, but this is the way that through graduate school, through teams across countries, through various companies and subsidiaries to manage that I find is the most successful. And that's that the owner or the owner of the meeting, for example, not the owner of the business, set up the meeting, start setting up the format, get the meeting started, and then sort of let it grow organically in that while I lead my meetings on Monday, I rotate who leads on Wednesdays and Thursdays all the way, no matter what the job is. It could be all the way down to whatever position, all the way up to executive director position. That's the whole point is everyone should be leading, should be comfortable talking in meetings, should be comfortable sharing their point of view, should be comfortable taking ownership of the tasks that we're all discussing. Um, be comfortable talking to people older than them, talking to the opposite sex, leading, you know, different ethnicities, whatever. We need exposure. So that's what we're doing. And, and people are going to think I'm crazy for saying this, but it matters. The more we expose people to even in business, they take ownership of. But the long term output is leadership, achievement and excellence for our society and for our generations. And so that's why it's important. Uh, taking ownership does translate if we do it in our business that they'll take ownership in the communities and their children, uh, ownership over the education, ownership over growth, ownership over a better world. But it's got to be something that becomes habitual and we can teach it in business, especially as entrepreneurs, uh, especially as managers who don't own the business. Um, you can start this. These are easy tactics, especially companies that are using, you know, Six Sigma or any lean production format. Um, inputting translating those those kpis um and connecting them with core values you know those are really you know easy things to do i recommend it uh, i know i'm blabbering on here but it's um you got to find what the heart and soul of your your company is and you also got to find what the heart and soul of your clients are and your vendors are and if it's misaligned it's very hard for anyone to take ownership of anything because it's confusing of what it is that the actual mission and vision is. So I was saying that this would only take 15 minutes when I told Elena this sort of thing, but I've, I'm now like, the thing has a greater impact than we could ever understand as I start unpacking this. It's that 
the ownership we teach has everything not only to do with leadership, but has everything to do with responsibility and has everything to do with our motivation and individual um, inspiration to make a difference in the world or make a change or for entrepreneurs, the only way we make money is finding solutions. We, we, you know, there's plenty of people I see on the internet all the time, just pop up businesses or whatever. But if you're not really providing a solution and you're not really building a community or a culture doing so, you just can't exist in today's world. You really have to think about that. There's how many cookie shops and burger places and all that. And yes, you think they're all the same, but they're not different. Believe me, as a person that absolutely loves burgers as my number one food, they have all found ways to make their service and systems so much different compared to the hundreds, if not thousands of other burger joints that have tried to pop out over the burger craze. So, it makes a difference. And also that difference in growth. If you want to grow and you want to franchise in food or in any business, you got to have ownership and people acting like owners so they can be the ones to start expanding your brand, going out and managing those other locations. Um, they need to act like owners in those buildings. So um, I'm not saying hand them over the checkbook or blindly do it. Obviously, there's a balance between micromanaging and freedom and liberty in business and boundaries always. But I think people will find freedom and liberty in those boundaries, you know, which micromanaging, which not managing at all. So I think that's all very helpful. And it's definitely ended up being unpacked a lot more than I anticipated. But I think it all makes a lot of sense and comes, you know, back around the circle because in order for others to take ownership and feel the need to really own something in their role or their position, they need to feel a part of the, of the mission. Like you shared, they need to feel a part of, you know, what's happening. And there's so many ways as a leader that, that, that can happen like you shared. And I think that's all incredibly invaluable information, uh, just to support those who are working on different teams and ways to make them feel involved ways to make them feel a part of what's going on and of the greater mission. And like you said, even in your own business, you know, things have changed. And once you kind of finally reach one mile marker, it's kind of progressing into the next. And you said you feel kind of like you're back in a startup again, like you're back in that basement trying to figure things out. And I think that's kind of the key to growth and to growing with individuals in your organization is it's always, you know, pushing for the next thing. It's always finding ways to create new opportunities and create new ways of doing things. So I think that all really comes full circle with ways uh, others can take ownership um, in, in the business. I agree, Elena. I think the modern world also allows us to sort of leap across geographical boundaries. I just want to quick touch on that. Like when I got out of school, um, you know, food service partners, one of the things we really pushed on as we got started was webinars. They were very, you know, early on. We, that's the way we did training. That's the way we connected the culture across three locations at the time. Well, four actually, because we had a location in Buffalo. Um, and we were, that's how we worked it. And we used webinars to do training and do connectivity. And I think COVID has brought some of that back and really to the forefront that ownership connectivity being a part of the business physical presence if you're in manufacturing and stuff is obviously important in operations but we're learning that 
we need to put less overhead into maybe the infrastructure or the corporate infrastructure per se, um, and maybe more money back into the hands of the employees or bonuses or growth of the business or, or activities like this, where maybe people are working from home, but there's still an activity for them to socialize also outside of work, things like that. Um, and lastly, you know, a lot of companies out there, you know, are, are making a bigger deal out of things. They find a bigger purpose. They tie a 9-11 thing, for example, or a, a, a Memorial Day or, you know, an Easter or some big holiday thing to a big event, you know, that they do every year where they invite, you know, all their, you know, employees and employees' families and something and make a cultural impact on the community. Um, food service partners, we, you know, we've talked about doing stuff like that in our communities uh, here in Georgia and Milledgeville. What does that look like when we become more of a the community and actually reach into it and, and, you know, do more of the meal programs or do a Sunday dinner for the community, um, you know, on a larger scale to just help out or, or bring the community together. You know, so we've we've talked about things like that, but I think they're all important. And the most important part is the employees that work for us here in Milledgeville um, or at Milledgeville, they get to take ownership in doing something for their community and it gives them pride. And that is compounding. That ownership is compounding. That pride is compounding. The responsibility is compounding and the change that is made over time compounds as well. So you know, sticking around a business for 23 years, as long as I have, um, growing it, going through undergraduate and graduate school in the time, uh, going off and starting other businesses and subsidiaries and doing some things on my own. Um, what it all taught me uh, is that consistency is important in your leadership mm -hmm. um, and taking ownership. I mean, you've got to own and people own it. And, and that's how you survive in a business. That's how you get bonuses. That's how you become needed. That's how you become, you know, an essential part of the team and resource for a company. And if you become so valuable and the company can't pay you enough, headhunters come along and pick you off. Happens to food service partners all the time. That's just yeah. the way it is because we train and we do well, but eventually there's bigger fish out there that can pay a lot more money than we can. So, but the goal is to grow people. Food is just the means by which we do it. Wow. I love that. I think that's so valuable and really just makes things back about the team members and back about the employees is you want to pour into them and help them to grow and you want them to take ownership um, within your company, within your business. I think that, that that's really amazing. Well, thank you so much just for sharing all of those insights on how people can be true owners in their lives and their roles and their positions. I think that anyone who listens to this will be able to take away actual advice and steps they can implement starting now um, to help those in their organization. And I think when you start implementing things like this and giving people more roles and opportunities to grow, it makes them want to pour more into their role. So all the tides rise at once, I believe, by by giving people ownership opportunities. Yeah, and when there's a purpose and everyone owns the purpose and can see that, the little parts of ownership become a lot easier, you know, so. But none of it works unless you practice what we're saying in the podcast. So I hope people are starting to get, see it, the importance of core values and leadership. And I hope 
that you guys are actually putting into practice in the audience or at least testing it or if you have a different theory um, other than the one we're sharing here testing that theory on your business you just gotta you know jump forward so thanks elena and thank you everyone for listening in thank you so much justin